0: And today we are very happy to have as our guest, Andrea Story, and her work is ego trauma work specialist, and she also does quantum biofeedback. And that's a good welcome, Andrea.
1: Hello. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.
0: It's a delight. And I got stumped, almost, almost stumbled over the words of quantum biofeedback. It's not a term I'm familiar with. Let's start there. I know that's only part of what you do, but what, what is that?
1: Sure. So quantum biofeedback is a technology and it includes RIFE technology and EEG technology. And it essentially is a measurement or a reflection of the frequencies in your body. So it's testing stress levels. So every organ, every emotion, every thought has a specific frequency. So what it does is it measures your frequencies of 11,000 different signals on an electromagnetic level and it contrasts it or compares it to like um, a, homeostasis, a homeostasis frequency. So it kind of can show where things are not necessarily aligned. And so then it it rates and it values the stress levels that you have and puts like English words to what the frequencies are. So For some people, it might be that their kidneys are very stressed out. So then we can, we can show them what they can do to make lifestyle changes so that their kidneys will not be stressed anymore. So they can start including exercise in their routines. They can drink more water. They can pay more attention about cutting alcohol out of their diet. So that it's like you go to a doctor and you say that you're having a problem and for the most part, they're making their best guess, but it's like with this technology, you can actually see where stress reduction is, can happen and where it's specifically coming from.
0: That's fascinating. Cause that's, I had thought of it mostly as emotional stress, although I know that's part of it, but that there's the the body. And now it makes sense to me, the mind and the body are connected. So the body is going to show you where stress is, is sitting
1: exactly exactly and it all starts with that metaphysical stress right and that emotional place and energy starts as an um stress starts as an energetic disturbance always so if you can see where it's kind of starting to manifest you can make those changes and reduce the stress before it becomes a disease before it becomes the physical manifestation of the stress So
0: so it sounds a little bit like you're in the prevention business
1: yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if we can see exactly what the problem is and we address the problem before it even becomes something that is so unbearable that we actually have to pay attention to it, then we don't even have to go through, yeah, we don't have to go through the, the, the huge problem that it could become.
0: Well, I imagine that most people wait, unfortunately, until it's a huge problem before they see anybody.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that's just the way that society is because everyone's so busy and they're so worried all the time about money or their kids or their families or just everything. Everyone's so busy and and stress is just this thing that's been so normalized when it's not our original design to be that way. So we don't actually pay attention to these things until it becomes something that we have to pay attention to because it's preventing us from going to work or having our 12 hour days or being able to rely on things like coffee and sugar to get us through the day. It's like our body tells us to wake up. And if we don't want to listen to it until it gets loud enough that we have to, I mean, yeah, it's just going to go unnoticed.
0: That's a problem. Yes, obviously. So then that leads us to, you know, your trauma, ego and trauma. And I would imagine that this last two years that has been A big market for ego and trauma problems that this tension that we all have been living under affects people tremendously.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think um, that it's been a a big opportunity for people to spend time with themselves that they were not necessarily able to um, have before. And it's bringing up a lot of things that have been suppressed or pushed down or or put on the back burner so i think a lot of people have held on to things for a long time and then during this time where in the external there's a lot of things that are causing stress and fear it kind of brings up everything emotion wise and so a lot of people are struggling simply because it's just that big saturation point of everything coming to the surface
0: Absolutely. And right now, I mean, just the, the sense of, of, of worry that there's something to worry about. And also we, if we have been distracting ourselves by work, by whatever, by, by even just by going out and having parties. Uh, and now that's really not the, not what you can do so easily. That means you're sitting with yourself, as you say, and yourself may not like that so much.
1: Right, yes. I think the biggest thing when it comes to the distractions or addictions even, because like sugar is a huge one. A lot of people are addicted to sugar. A lot of people are addicted to Netflix. A lot of people are addicted to substances. And it's that it's that attempt to get away from feeling what you're feeling in that given moment. And that comes back down to the disconnection from the self. So when we do ego and trauma work, what we're essentially doing is re- building that relationship with the self so that you can actually sit with the emotions and sit with the beliefs long enough to look at them and address them instead of just distracting yourself from looking at them. Because what's painful is, is looking at them. And it brings up a lot of things that have been unresolved from the past. So it's really important to to address them otherwise you're just going to continue the same pattern of not looking at what needs to be looked at
0: absolutely absolutely and when you when you look at it though it's very uncomfortable what what can you offer what do you offer people who are now saying all right i don't know if i'm ready to look at this but i have to look at this help me how do you help me
1: yes so what we do is Is really understand when and how we adopted these ideas. So the ego labels everything. And so we have experiences and ego labels them, and it's either good or bad. And so if you have all these experiences that you perceived to be bad, that you're going to be thinking about it in that way. And so what we do is we understand when and why we adopted the beliefs about ourselves and about our circumstances, why we adopted them and how it served us and how we can understand it from a like fifth dimensional perspective. So in the third dimensional perspective, we kind of understand or believe that we don't have a choice in creating our reality and creating our experiences on this planet. And so that leads us to victim mindset and this perpetuation of victim mindset that we didn't have the choice that this thing happened to us. So it's really coming from a higher perspective of looking at everything and remembering why we chose that and what we got out of that experience, what we learned from that experience. Because essentially we come here to have a human experience and to learn
0: so, right, well, you're, you're, you're coming from a, an advanced point to begin with that you, you're saying, and I, I love it that we come here to learn, that yeah. we come here, that we don't just somehow get born here and that's it. Um, and yet, at the same time, you're talking, not and yet, but at the same time, you talk about things don't happen to us, and yet physical things and family things do happen to us. How we listen to them or hear them or, or incorporate them seems to be the issue.
1: How we listen to incorporate the things that quote unquote happen to us.
0: Yes, like our family. So I got a family that was, you know, terrible no matter what, whatever form you took. Um,
1: so this is actually a third-dimensional understanding of our experiences because right. we have complete full agency over our experience. Our thoughts create our experiences and we choose where we want to play in this time-space reality. So when we come back to remembering that we even chose who our family was, we choose our mom, we choose our dad, we choose our siblings, we choose our playmates on this planet so that we can have certain learning experiences and certain enriching experiences. So nothing can actually happen to you because this is a third dimensional understanding of not having a choice or not having agency. So it does come from like a very super conscious level, but this is the this is the new mainstream or this is what will become mainstream so that people can actually release the idea that they didn't have a choice in something.
0: Well, this is a wonderful idea. And I, I happen to agree with it and understand it to the best I can. However, I think most people have no idea about this. Most people- right. Do not, not not. How do you introduce them to this concept?
1: Yes, yes. So we go slow, and I, I go at a pace based on where people are at. And so I was I, I'm just gonna put this in here. I was suicidal and I self-harmed for over 20 years of my life. I tried therapy, I tried counseling, I tried medications, I tried CBT, I tried DBT, I tried literally everything. I was diagnosed with like seven different things. I tried to kill myself. I was addicted to drugs, alcohol, everything. I went through so much. And the only thing that allowed me to come back to my true self was coming into this understanding and remembrance of choices and creation and full agency. So we start off by understanding the ego program and how it is something outside of yourself it is a a software when the planet got retooled you know it came in so that we could have certain experiences at a specific um at a specific vibration in a third dimension and so it's it's we start off essentially addressing okay what's going on for you right now so a lot of people i'm looking at my my notes here from my my session this morning even with someone it's like okay they're feeling insignificant so someone's feeling in, insignificant and they've had experiences that that kind of brought this idea forward in in many different parts of their life you know they had this experience and they felt unwanted and they had this experience and they felt insignificant so we really understand what what even is significance right I mean is anyone insignificant
0: what makes me significant
1: right exactly what makes you significant well does your job make you significant does your children make you significant does your partner or your money or your beauty make you significant it's no it's none of that.
0: Except that that's what we're told. I mean, exactly. you look at the newspapers or the television or the ads, exactly. I, I feel guilty because I was an ad man for three years. But if you, look, <laughs> you look at what we tell you, what the ads tell you, then you're significant if you own a Porsche or if you own whatever. Right.
1: right. And so then you get a Porsche. You save up all your money. You buy a Porsche. And how do you feel? Do you feel significant? No.
0: well as soon as you get the keys you feel significant (laughs) then it starts to drain to drain down after that
1: exactly exactly it's very short-lived and so this is what we're taught this is what we grow up this is what we grow up learning in the third dimension is that something outside of yourself can make you significant if you just achieve that if you just get an a plus over and over again and you get into that good school and you get a PhD and you get the good job and you get the Nobel Prize Award. I mean, it can go on forever, but it doesn't mean that you will feel significant because you can feel significant right now if you so choose because the truth is every single person is significant no matter what they have or don't have, period.
0: And if we can believe that, those who can if believe it, can then believe it, you can. I, I can say, yes, we can choose. It's the not believing that makes it difficult.
1: Right. So that's what we address is the belief that blocks you from being able to step into that high vibrational loving state and knowing that you are enough. Because it's the ego beliefs that, that make you think that you're not enough. So let's say someone was listening to this right now and they were like, oh, well, it's easy for you to say. Or, well, I don't feel like that. Or, oh, that's just crazy. Like these are ego thoughts.
0: That come in
1: and it takes over your entire like being and your entire day. And and this is when people get overwhelmed with thoughts or they get thought overwhelmed because it's just the ego coming in again and again and reminding you of like past experiences or what the future could look like and that you weren't good enough and that you embarrassed yourself back then. All of that's ego. So what we want to do, what we do is essentially... Learn how to hear the ego so that you can address the beliefs on your own so that you can go through the day without that thought overwhelm or without the fear-based thoughts because fear-based thoughts are just ego.
0: So when you when you hear the ego, when you finally identify, oh, that's my ego, uh, do you have any script for that? Like say, thank you, ego, but I'm not that or something?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, a, oh, hi. Oh, my gosh. Uh, that's ego. Great. I, I hear you. I I see you. I see that it's ego and yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna buy into that belief right now. So say you have to go up onto stage and sing, um, and you start being like, oh my God, I'm gonna mess it up. What if they laugh at me? Um, what if I forget the words? So any like, what if is ego? So if you catch it before it spirals, you're like, oh, wait, you take a step back and you don't actually have to go there. You're just like, oh, great. That's ego. That's ego. They say, go, who am I? I'm amazing. I'm going to do a great job. And it doesn't really matter if they judge me or laugh at me because I believe in myself and like, I love myself and all that. So, yeah, it's when when you hear it, it's just the acknowledgement and being able to um, like not give any power to it, not pay any attention to it.
0: Right, right. And I agree with that. And also, I I would point out, and you know this, I know, that that not paying attention is hard because it's not like they hold up a sign, you know, a a sign and and say, see, this is the ego talking. It's like what we've been used to for so long. Whether it came out of the mouth of parents or friends or teachers, it's what we've been used to. And so catching it and and knowing that there's a replacement for it is, is quite a job.
1: It can be, it can also be really fun based on your perception, but you're absolutely right about like the conditioning comes from the media, comes from the parents, it comes from religion, it comes from anything external. And then it also has that internal part that's been internalized. So yeah, hearing it is a new thing. It's not something we've learned and it's something people are going to learn in order to access their, their emotional freedom. And so by being able, by learning about it, and understanding it and, and practicing. It's like, you know, it's like wanting to learn how to do a really good squat at the gym, but not wanting to learn the proper form. I mean, you're probably not going to get the best squat. So the more time you, you spend understanding the ego, learning it, and hearing it like a new skill like anything and practicing it you'll be able to hear it no problem it's just like and and it can be fun it's, sometimes it's like oh it's so hard ego ego will be like oh it's so hard to hear it it's this is too difficult but if you're like wait this can be fun oh i hear i heard it again oh what's that belief about okay this right it's just based on the perception
0: so i hear you and i love it what is the anchor for a person to know i'm not the ego but to know what i am how how do you help someone know that
1: yes so the you are love that is all you are pure beautiful love and you can feel it and you know it and the ego is fear-based and love has no fear and so when you come back into that energy you feel like yourself just like open up and expand because love is expansive and it's all encompassing and, and the ego labels things and it judges and it limits and love does not do that love does not judge ego judges <laughs> right like you can see the the separation and sometimes people you know even say it's like this part of me feels fear but the other part knows that there's no reason for that
0: right. that's the
1: true self that's the love
0: The love, the love self. Mm -hmm. And how do we help people see, well, okay, I am love. On Mm -hmm. some level, I should say I could eat love, but reality seems to be that I have to have some protein in me or (laughs) I have to have somebody paying me some amount of money or somehow earning money. How does that fit in with the the concept?
1: The concept of like how to...
0: Well, if I'm all love, there's, there's some idea that I don't... I just be here and be love, you know?
1: Oh, right. But we are
0: living in a physical world, at least of so the three-dimensional part that we're in at the moment.
1: Yes, in the in the third dimensional, we are right now. And so we are going through a transition where we are moving into higher dimensions where that will be uh, more of the reality. Like in the fifth dimension, it is community, it's love, it's peace, harmony, sharing, and in the third dimension, it's like survival, suffering, pain, grief, loss, um, and fear, right? So you can, you can remind someone by kind of, well, just sharing that energy with them and, and being in it yourself and knowing that you can make choices that work for you in the third dimension as well. Like you're going to make money and you're going to eat food and do human things like that. But you can also be in the love energy and let go of fear over and over and over again. So that you become more of the love. And and so if someone's having a hard time, it's just holding that space for them and loving them for being in the part of their journey that they are at. And that might include being being very uh, deep in ego or deep in fear and and just loving them through that as they go through that process, that's the best way to to support them through their experience.
0: Right. And also you're, you are by doing what you do out of love, showing people that you can exist in the world as a loving being, you can get paid for that, you can help to have your rent paid for or whatever, and that it's possible to what... It's not what you do, I suppose. It's how you do it and from what point of view you're coming.
1: Yeah, yes. And so like love-based practices will always have your income or your a uh, financial abundance taken care of because you, you have that soul connection and that purpose to what you're doing and what you're creating. So if you follow that purpose and that drive and that passion, the money will always be there because money is an energy as well. And it's an abundant one at that because all of them are. So- it's the worry and the fear that kind of blocks up the finances, especially when it comes to people wanting to do their, um, their purpose or their passion or their love-based practice or offering. And,
0: and doing something in lieu of love, doing something,
1: huh.
0: but not, not coming from a place of love, coming from whatever you thought was necessary to get that Porsche. Yes, know.
1: exactly, exactly. Yeah.
0: The people you see, and we don't have, a, I, I could do this with you all day, this is fascinating, but what age group do you see mostly?
1: Yeah, I mostly work with people 20 to about 37.
0: Right. So this is a, a time for people when they're struggling to see who, who they are.
1: Yeah, to remember who they are.
0: That's because a very nice point, yes.
1: You're a child and you play and you love without structure and you love without labels or conditions you just are and every little thing holding a cup is exciting because it's a cup and you can play with the cup we want to bring this person this authentic self back because that is who you really are not all of the fear and the stories that that you buy into that you think that you are because it's not right. true it's not based on
0: yeah. I just had this image which I love which is that we, we come in like simple and pure and we get covered with barnacles, like, being, like we've been underwater for a long time and they, they hang to our sides.
1: Yes, and that's an enriching experience in itself. And we wanna love that journey too, because then we get to look at those barnacles and then peel off the barnacles and remember that you're still the same person, you just had some barnacles on you, that's all.
0: Well, also that way you can relate better to other people who have barnacles
1: exactly exactly yes once Mm -hmm. you
0: know well this is fascinating fascinating and you say you're in your 20s and 30s um have you ever worked with people much older than that
1: yeah definitely yeah and younger as well I love working with children it's um it's very different based on children and and people who are in different age groups because of course there's um with child with children they they are not fully developed so the uh the dialogue is much different but it's the same idea
0: and it's also i would think children at some level if they can't express it know it
1: yes yes exactly they do know
0: they do that would be an interesting just unto itself working with somebody like that that would be fascinating Yes. And um, now as most of the work, it sounds like most of your work besides the biofeedback is talk therapy or talk work.
1: Yeah, that- energetic, energetic too.
0: Energetic, what, what's to describe what you mean by energetic?
1: So when I work with someone, we are doing an energy exchange. So when they are having shifts energetically, I'm reading it. So I'm able to see if they've released something or not. And and we're kind of sharing that experience so that they are moving through some of these heavier densities that are stuck in the body. And we're really just taking that out and letting it go. Um, So we're we're talking the whole time, but sometimes we'll close our eyes and just really like go into the body and and feel where that energy is and just take it out of of the energetic uh, body. Yeah
0: and and you can tell that and then i imagine the person who's experiencing it can experience it leaving yes, yes. and that would be good because later on with, when they have it again because it doesn't always go away forever they can know it can leave
1: yes and they start to they start to remember and get in touch with their own knowing and their own intuition as well, which is such a beautiful process because it's like we get out of touch with our intuition and our knowing. So they're like, oh, I did feel it leave, okay. And then when they're doing the work by themselves too, they know what it feels like so that they have the tools to do it on their own over and over and over again until they become more free.
0: Well, as you say, getting to know that they did know all along. It's like one of the things I I think of. I've heard a lot of people say that in growing up, a parent or a teacher or someone said, you know, there's nothing to laugh about, or that's not funny, or that's not sad. When in reality, the child knew it was funny, or it was sad. Now, it might have been a little impolite to laugh or cry, but what it was, was clear to that person, and to get back to that knowledge.
1: Yes, and on that point too, it's like, if a child wants to laugh or cry at something, that's their own prerogative. Like they get to choose how they express themselves. And it is until someone or something on the outside says, it's not okay to do it in that way. That's when we start to, um, that's when ego comes in and starts to judge or mistrust our judgment in a, um, in a social setting or an experience. But if you want to laugh you have every full freedom to do that, and so if someone else is judging you for laughing when they might not, it's because they're judging themselves.
0: Right. They don't express
1: right. freely. So it's,
0: if you it's their fear. their fear speaking. Yes. yes. Well, this this is fascinating and enlivening, and I really think it's it's a wonderful work that you are doing. How long have you been doing this work?
1: I have been doing this work for a year.
0: That's great. Yes. That's great. Yeah. And is there a source? When I say, did you find a teacher or a school?
1: Yes, yes. So Franco Nicola and Mena Canonico, and I have learned from a bunch of other people as well, but those two people have been the primary two who I've learned from, and they are amazing at this work.
0: Well, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And since we were zipping along, and we're almost at the end of it, since you have information, should people who are listening to us would like to get in touch and maybe get those names or get talk to you some, whatever. How do best for them to reach out to you?
1: Yes, they can email me at Andrea 10 at gmail.com.
0: Andrea 10 at gmail.com. Right. Okay.
1: Yeah, or they can check out my website at wildcardwellness.ca.
0: Well, say that one again wildcard.
1: Yes, wildcard, like playing cards. Right. Wellness wildcardwellness.ca
0: wellness wildcard wellness yes okay i just want to get there right dot ca okay very good
1: when i found out about this work um i was still suicidal i was still struggling with depression and anxiety and as soon as i dove deep or took a deep dive into this work like everything started coming off, just like flaking away. And I am so grateful. And I just, I want anyone listening to know that anything you have been through that is causing you suffering or pain can be released. It can be.
0: That that is what I really call good news. Thank you very much for, for offering that. And thank you for being a guest on the Heart of Healing the Healer's journey here in the in the pandemic episodes thank you so much it's been a pleasure having you here
1: thank you so much for having me
0: and thank you to our audience for tuning in each week come back next week and hear us again here at the heart of healing the pandemic episodes